I wish she hadn't fixed her teeth, but ugh, I still she like her teeth. <laughs> I like that that's where we're at with our celebrities. I wish she hadn't fixed her teeth. I liked it better <laughs> when, they're, when they're all jacked up. It gave her personality. I did. I like it. <laughs> I know that's what you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even just that. I like it when my celebrities show that there's something about them that's imperfect right. and they embrace it anyway and they say, this is who I am. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never, I'm going to mark my words right now, I will never fix my little boob, ever. <laughs> I will keep the little boob forever. Ride or die, Team Little Titty. Team <laughs> Little Titty as a whole team? Yeah. Who's like, on this team? You're on it. You've been on it. <laughs> Don't act like you ain't on a little titty team. <laughs> I'm playing both sides, though, to be fair. <laughs> no, baby, you are on Team Little Titty. You are. Yeah, and Team Big Titty. Uh, yes. I'm you, on both teams. You like, you play both, you play for both teams. <laughs> Ah, well, I'm glad we figured that out. <laughs> I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this is Last Name Faces from Brick Radio. We four corners in a triangle. Why we keep it 100 tie optional? With a person from a dance to acting on the screens. You know who it is, man, it's Jessica Lee. He's a lawyer, she's an activist. And you're tuning to them live. This is Last Name Faces. You ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so we were talking about Cardi B, <laughs> who, like I said, is not perfect, and no one is perfect. Right, recently. and you were, and, but you were saying that you really like her because I like her because she's, she's authentic. Like a step above Instagram hoes. No, I mean a like, few steps above Instagram hoes. <laughs> no, don't call them hoes. That's what you called them. I didn't call them hoes. You called them Instagram hoes. No, I did not. Oh yeah, I think we were recording when you said it. Mm. <laughs> do you, well, do you want to change your answer? Then I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember if I said. No, I mean here's the thing, and especially recently, she's gotten in trouble because she's had some clips of her saying some transphobic, nasty things, which really disappointed me. And again, she's not perfect. No one is. But I like her because um, she's unapologetic, you know? And there's something really refreshing about that, especially because there are so many celebrities who just feel really fake and manufactured. Mm -hmm. You know, she definitely is from the Bronx. She definitely was a stripper. She definitely was a blood. You know, she is not shy about that. And she works really hard. You know, I follow her on Instagram and... She just says a lot of really funny things, and I don't know. Her music is fun. You're a Cardi B fan. I am. Um, and so we wanted to bring back a segment and a corner that everyone enjoys. It's when we talk about music lyrics, particularly when we talk about rap music. So I'm sure people will be offended. This will be great for our numbers. <laughs> so Bodak Yellow is the name of Cardi B's hit, Summer Smash. Oh, this is the name of the song. Right. Obviously. It's the name of the song, but it's a play on... What, is that a person? Kodak Black, who's a rapper. Oh. And so she... Um, there's some lines in here that uh, are similar to one of his songs, I believe. Um, and so her name is Cardi B... Her name, her real name is Bacardi. That's her actual name. Her real name? Her real name is Bacardi. The the alcohol names are so popular. Yeah. Her sister is named after alcohol tube. I forget what her name is. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's Bodak instead of Kodak. Like Bacardi. Oh, it's Bacardi. Gotcha. And then she's yellow. So she Oh, and that's why her name is Cardi B. Yeah. Her name so is Cardi B. So she just took B. the B off of Bacardi and put mm -hmm. it after Cardi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Genius. So that would make me Atric P. <laughs> and you 
<laughs> and Jessica Faye? It doesn't really work for either of our names. Atric P sounds terrible. <laughs> it, it's at least as good as Cardi B. Mm, don't come for Cardi. So yeah, why don't you jump into these? You um, want me to read these is what you're telling me. Lucky for you, there's only one N-word, and you could just say Patrick. <laughs> okay. Or you could say Atric P. Ready, go! Said little bitch, you can't fuck with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Mm-hmm. Hit the store, I can... See them both. I can see them both. I want to choose. I want to choose. And I'm um, quick cut a Patrick off. Uh, I missed it. Look, I don't want to dance. Now I make money moves. Say, I don't got to dance. I make money move. Yes, Patrick. If I see you and I don't speak to you, that means I don't fuck with you. Don't add extra words to see you. I don't I'm a speak. boss. <laughs> <laughs> you a worker. Now she, I'm, I'm. Okay, well, that was great, baby. You did a good job. Thanks. Remember um, one why time. Was I doing that? Because that's a segment on our show. <laughs> okay. Wait, are you new to the Was pop? there a point? Usually we have something to say about the lyrics. That's why we read them in the first oh, place. Oh, well, I you mean. You just want to make me read these. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Because it's like, I, I like the song. Remember one time I was like looking up these lyrics and I was saying that they were kind of a little naughty. And then, yeah. And then oh, your oh response that's was, these. Oh, I want to hear some naughty lyrics. I, I did. I did. I wanted to hear it. Because you give me such a hard time when I say like the most <laughs> basic things. When I sing, you just give me side eye anytime it's anything that's sexual or mm-hmm. a- anything that's not PG. If I'm not singing like something from the Disney catalog, right. you're giving me a side eye about it. And I then also you, just give you a side eye all the time. And then you break out with, I might just feel on your babe, my pussy feel like a lake. He want to swim on my face. I'm like, I'm okay. Like, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's, so that's what you're singing, and that's okay. This is really funny because I went on to um, Rap Genius. They put all the lyrics to rap songs, but then they have people who write in there like what it means, and it's really great because... For all the slang and like the right. metaphors and things? Mm-hmm. But I love it because it's done in such an academic and proper way. Mm. Um, so for this part, it says, she plays on the words lake and swim. She compares her genitals to a lake due to her vaginal discharge. <laughs> 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 Swim alludes right. to face-sitting, a sexual act, which one partner sits on or over the other's face. Interestingly enough, she once broke a man's nose while she was sitting on his face. So, uh, is that How do they know that? Uh, because Cardi told us about it on her Twitter, and uh, they included uh, a visual reference of her, her not breaking a man's nose, just talking about it. I just like the part she goes, he want to swim on my lake. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's really just amazing. Okay, well, um, I'm really glad that we did that and we <laughs> experienced it together. I love that they refer to it as discharge. Mm-hmm, me like, too. I have never heard that word used when it wasn't like something you were seeing a doctor about. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't sound very positive. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, this is this is the same lake that Usher has. <laughs> oh no, baby! Look at you making topical <laughs> references. I sh- listen. Part of that must me be is the same lake. It's swamp water. No, baby. Baby, you are foul. But I but points to you. Thank you. Points to you. Thank you. By the time this episode comes like out, people will up. be like, oh, Patrick finally just found out about that. I did because I only learned it last night. I, 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 I attended a comedy show that you were part of last <laughs> night. And one of the topics was uh was Usher's um 
you know, Usher, Usher's STD. What he had herpes that yeah. he spread around uh, to everyone. Uh, uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Yes, and we talked about it on a comedy show that I was part of last night. Basically, the show was a panel show. Uh, it was the Comedy Outlier show hosted by my friend Mike Brown and um, Brandon Collins. I believe is his last name. Mike is a good friend of mine. Uh, he's also Kid Fury's cousin, randomly enough. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so funny runs in the fam and. And yeah, it's a show that they do, I guess, like twice a year or something, where they go through a bunch of like video clips of things that have happened throughout the year, you know, pop culture, news, viral stories, stuff like that. And then they have a panel of comics who just riff off of them. Um, but you were you were you were enjoying those topics like not at all. No, really, there were a number of topics I was not. Because everyone else was just a professional comedian, and that's all they did was, like, you put something in front of them, and they just crack jokes about it. And I then mean, there's and you, I can make jo- Here's the thing. Let me just not... Can I just defend myself for a <laughs> I, well, I'm second? Not, I'm, you don't have to defend yourself. But you're I'm just not... making this... You make me sound bad. Here's I'm the not thing. making you sound bad. No, these topics were things that were pretty serious. I mean, they showed the clip of the guy being dragged, the doctor, the Asian doctor being dragged off of the United... United Airlines flight. And United I was sitting flight. there in horror thinking, I, I know. can't make jokes about this. All right, literally, the guy's face is bloody and there are people screaming on the tape. And then and then the comics are all jumping in and, and I'm not I'm not criticizing them for they did their they did their job. Jokes, right. But I was watching you and you looked mortified. I was mortified for a large majority <laughs> of the panel. And, you know, I have to give myself credit because I, I tried to stick to my morals in the sense that I'm not gonna sit there and make fun of a guy being dragged off of a plane. Right. But I also knew that I couldn't be Debbie Down. Like, it's a really hard position to be in, right? Where you're at a comedy show and everyone... And honestly, like, this was a big part of why I kind of had to pull away from stand-up. I just found myself really uncomfortable at a lot of shows. And just even looking back on my own comedic style, it's changed over the years where, as, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I would have been right there with everybody making those types of jokes. Mm. But I didn't want to rain on anybody's parade, and I also didn't want to sit there and be, you know... Yeah, no, you can't be, you can't be invited to... woke. <laughs> ...to a comedy show and then be, like, stopping people from making jokes. I mean, I made a few little sarcastic serious. quips. You did, but they were funny. But... Right, right, right. I mean, I try, you know, and it's it's also hard because, again, I'm not a stand-up comedian, and I think I'm a funny person, but not You're a person. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but stand-up comics are, are, are on a whole nother level in the sense that they're doing this every night a few times a night. So they are just a lot faster, and I'm somebody that really needs to process and think about it and try a few different things. And like and cry, a lot louder, too. And cry in the bathroom. Right, and louder. <laughs> they were, they were they also were loud. Hilarious, though. The whole show was awesome. <laughs> I mean, even if they pushed some... They, there were times where I was kind of cringing. I know. Um, well, they, they were super funny, though. But they were they were hilarious. The but whole, I was the funny, group. too, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is about. I'm literally not criticizing you. I'm not saying... I think you did an awesome job. You had some really, really good jokes. You pulled your weight. You deserve to be up there. I'm more of a. I'm more of like I a. Don't do this like back. ten times already. Now I'm and just you're more still... of like a sit back and listen and then have a joke. Yeah. I don't just stream of consciousness, which is a talent, right? Like oh, there are absolutely. people who can just talk off the top of their head, and most of the comedians on that panel were able to just say anything that came to their oh, mind, were, and it was they hilarious. Were very, very funny. 
but it was they were they were some touchy topics that they were covering. I know the R. Kelly sex cult. Right. I just sat there. I, I and then I turned that into a joke. I was just sitting there saying, "Well, just look at my face during this topic because right. you can tell how I feel about this." And no comment. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there was some envelope pushing in that regard. I think it's really interesting, though, right? Because their job is just to make jokes about whatever is put in front of them. And to be fair, like, the panel didn't really choose the material. Right, but they chose... Right, but at the same time, like, comedy, sure, the purpose is to make jokes, but there's something to be said about why people find certain things funny, especially when you're talking about sensitive issues and... We actually did an episode of Decoded about this, about responding to racist jokes. And there's been a lot of research around rape jokes and how jokes about sensitive topics, especially ones where, as a society, the opinions around that issue are still being um, fleshed out. You know, for example, like LGBT topics or, you know, rape or race or things like that Mm. where in some people's minds there's a definitive good or bad but in this like the consciousness of the entire community or like the nation it's kind of a debatable hot button topic right that jokes can really sway people one way or the other and so for me that's why sometimes I get uncomfortable because when the joke relies on punching down and essentially perpetuating negative stereotypes about people or groups or behaviors that are already not given the level of importance that they should be or don't get the respect that they should, you're essentially continuing to like encourage people to have those feelings about those people. Yeah, but it was, I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's it's tough because when you take something that's already not funny and should be taken very seriously, right. and then you put it in the realm of humor, or you offer it up in a context where humor is the order of the moment. You know right. what I mean? Um, I, I, you know, it's it's tough to know how you treat that. I mean, to be fair, I agree. Well, I think what you're saying is a lot of it, a lot of what humor can do is normalize something that right. shouldn't be normalized. Right. Um, on the other hand, and there, there's a really good example from last night from that panel. One guy makes a comment that's, that's pretty much based on stereotypes about Asians mm-hmm. as to why that guy on the United flight was the one that was removed. Yeah, I think his whole logic was that, you know, Asian people are passive and docile. And so right. and they he chose was, him for that was, reason. And it was interesting because he was half making a joke about it, but also half saying, like, maybe the stereotype played into their decision as to who to kick off the actual flight. So right. the audience kind of didn't really respond well to that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then a black woman on the panel said... Oh, but you know they passed over the black woman because she was like, oh, you hell no, you're not doing this to me. Right. And they were like, uh, we're not going to deal with that. It was interesting how one person used a stereotype mm-hmm. um, that didn't get a good response. And then someone was like, I got a stereotype. And somebody else <laughs> relied on a stereotype that That's... actually got a very good response. Right. The use of the first stereotype about Asian men felt like... Saying that Asian men are weak. Felt, felt cheap. But the use of the stereotype about black women by a black woman concerning the strength of black women right. felt almost, um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what word you're looking for. I don't know. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like supportive. A positive, a positive stereotype? Right. 
Yeah. Not just a positive stereotype, but also like like addressing black women in the audience, potentially saying like, you know we're tough. Right. But you I know mean, what I'm saying? Right. So but I, I mean, but to me, there's problems in that too, because essentially what you're saying is that like, you know, I couldn't be the victim of a crime like that. And like that perpetuates this idea that if you are the victim of a crime, that you are somehow weak and that you somehow did something that brought it upon yourself. Oh, I don't know about that. I think that I think reads so. way too far into that. I mean, I absolutely believe that because- I don't because, think that was so, implicit in what she said. I'm not saying that that was her intention. I'm saying that like the underlying message of, oh, it's the same way that when, you know, somebody gets carjacked and they say, yeah, I was I was carjacked. And the person's response is, well, I couldn't get carjacked because I would be like, da, 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 da. it's like, okay, well, like you didn't get carjacked. I did. And it doesn't mean that I didn't do A, B, and C or that like- somehow I am more susceptible to being carjacked because of my personality or my looks or whatever. It's the same way that when I got mugged, I had a number of people tell me how they would have responded in the mugging situation. And I'm thinking, no, when you're getting mugged, you're not gonna go off on the guy or you're gonna you're thinking, oh shit, I don't wanna die. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, it's funny to employ the like, sassy black woman stereotype. Well, that's why I brought it up because it's not, it's, well, it's she's a very al- common and she's allowed to stereotype that. and not right. one that's, I mean, it's, it's relied on heavily. Absolutely. But like, to me, again, like I look at a situation like that and, and I think that clip is almost impossible to make jokes about. Again, <laughs> no, it's, it's so terrible. T- it's so terrible. It's and terrible. I feel like if and you were going to, that's the starting point for all if of If you this, were right? going to make, right. And if you were going to make jokes about it, I would say, again, punch up. Make jokes about United. Make jokes about the cops that are pulling him off the plane, right? Like, <clears throat> make jokes about the people who did the poor behavior, not the people who are the victims of the poor behavior. But again, like the sassy or the strong black woman, while like, yeah, it's a positive thing to say that black women are strong the problem with that is that like then black women are held to the standard where we're not allowed to be weak or we're not allowed to be sad or somehow you know we are more susceptible to violence or or mistreatment because supposedly we can handle it or something and again that's like really reading into it that's, but yeah I, I mean I, I understand I mean, that just, those those concepts could exist no, but I, I don't know that that's what she meant and I don't, I don't think I'm it not, came out I'm that not, way no either. I'm not saying that that's what she meant I get it what she's trying to say and I think that she was to your point trying to subvert what was being said to kind of pull away from like the Asian thing right which is another element to right it. Yeah. so I mean I, I totally get that but for me I just felt like we were too far gone at that point that I couldn't enjoy it right I, I i was just just a bad just bad clip overall you know yeah, no it was it was a tough place to start right and it and it ended up in a tougher place to come out of but you know i gotta say the audience seemed to trust the comedians up there because let's let's face it, she used a stereotype in a positive way and being part of the group about which she stereotyped. Right, no right? one's gonna get up there and be like, "Hey, black woman, you can't <laughs> yeah. say that about yourself." You know right. what I mean? And I'm not gonna say that right. to her. But I mean, if you were to put that out into like the Twitter sphere, you would be like crushed. Exactly. Instantly. Yeah. But I think a lot of it comes down to a matter of of trust. Right. Right. When you say trust them, I mean, what do you I mean? mean, when so when she was up there and she was a funny person and seemed to be good natured mm-hmm. and made a joke that was based on a stereotype about a group to which she belonged. And she was also talking about herself. And she it was started a, saying, oh, well, I would have done right. this. And, and it was a positive stereotype and all of that, even though I'm, my mind goes, okay, stereotypes, like, red flag, right? Like, 
You trust that the, she knows what she's talking about. I trust that I trust that she's coming from a good enough place that I don't have to say, okay, like I'm I'm flagging you as a human being. Well, I don't think the average comedy audience is reading into jokes that way. You know what I'm saying? And but I the average comedy audience is also, I mean, they go out and they're the audience for other things too. Right, I know. You know I'm, what just, I'm saying I'm it's just... the context and I think it's that context that gives like leeway and and I think a lot of it I, I do think a lot of it comes down to trust because there were a lot of things up there that were said that were like, and the very fact that there were jokes being made based on things that are inherently not funny. Even right. even Usher's alleged herpes, mm-hmm. right? Even that is like inherently not funny. Somebody got herpes. Right. You know what I mean? Several people got herpes allegedly from Usher, right? Mm-hmm. So like that's not funny and yet and yet you know there's humor to be found in that. And I think it's a matter of trusting that these people aren't laughing just because they think somebody suffering from herpes is funny. But rather, there's yeah, some there's see, some value to the comedy. I feel like this is so hard. It's because a very we hard were, topic. We, they were making jokes about people getting herpes. Like they were, they you were, know. They and were, so, and yet the audience was rolling and at the same time cringing. Right. So I mean, there's God. I wish I had footage of my face that entire time because there were so many moments out where there. I just. Did it there was now. a camera guy. Oh, there, there. was a camera guy. So I, he's got at least some some stills of you oh, looking strained and beat faced and really trying so hard. Well, you know, it was a good experience for me, just in the sense that I'm trying to do more live performances. I do a, a lot of public speaking, but I have really not been doing stand up because, again, I just get it's it's, it's really hard. <laughs> um, you did a great job. I know you you've expressed to me now several times. That you might be worried you didn't you didn't do great. I mean, I got did, laughs. You did wonderful. I mean, I got laughs. You were like, don't get me wrong, but there were a number yeah. of topics where I just did not chime in because right. I had nothing to say and yeah. I just didn't want to. And like you were saying before, it's really hard to be part of a comedy show and be like, "Hey guys, maybe that's not okay." Like, I know. <laughs> you, you, were, you would be literally the wet blanket on the entire right. comedy. Event. I had I had one of those moments with the R. Kelly thing where I was like, "Yeah, let's make fun of the women who got kidnapped and not R. Kelly, right? Like, right. just come the fuck yeah. on, you know." But I have to say, again, like, I think there was enough trust in the people up there that people weren't put off by that entirely, such that they couldn't mm. find the jokes. See, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily it. know if that's trust or that's a matter of the fact that, like... They just don't care, or they're it's used not to that the, kind of comedy. That's what I'm saying, is that, like, when we're talking about subjects that people are still are not really clear on, you know, the idea of... R. Kelly having a quote-unquote sex cult where he's essentially brainwashed women and is holding them against their will. The idea around like sexual assault and what it means to be in an abusive relationship and like what that means, there's still a lot of people that blame the victims in those instances. Sure. And so, oh, yeah. yeah, it's people are going to laugh about that, not because they trust the comic, but because they really do think, like, oh, yeah, R. Kelly b- brainwashed you? Like, no, maybe he did. I mean, there are people who've come forward and said, like, he wouldn't let me use the phone, and he took all my money, and he, t- you know, the things right. that abusers do, and we know he has a history of abuse, right. and we know that he hasn't been held accountable for it. So people are laughing, not necessarily because they trust that the jokes, the comedians aren't bad people, but because there's still a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings around what it means to be a victim of abuse. And so people laugh because they think like, oh yeah, that's funny. Like, oh, he only has like six bitches in his harem. Like he's a shitty abuser, you know? It's like, Right. Oh, he's a shitty, shitty cult leader. <laughs> Someone compared it to like one of like some of the major cults or, or even Mormonism. So I don't know. Again, it was 
there were a lot of subjects that were difficult, and that's not to put down the show because the show was I had awesome. A, I had a the really show good was time. Amazing. There's always going to be bad jokes in there, and yeah. especially if you're in a writer's room and. Um, you now know this because you took that. Yeah, you I don't took... know if you know about about this. I took a writing class, and Patrick was in a writer's room for what seven weeks? Yeah, like ten weeks. So, um, so you know, people throw out bad pitches, right? And so, to your point about trust, when you're in a writer's room, there's a level of trust needed between the comics or writers. Oh to my say, god! In that writer's room, I can't tell you how many racist, just horrible sexist, pitches, right? And these weren't even pitches; they were these were just jokes. Like right. then this character says, and you're just like. What it just, so they just say what racism? Yeah, is that what you said? Right. <laughs> they well, just and, say sexism? and it's because sometimes you have to say the worst thing in order to get to the best thing. Sure. You know, it's the same way when you you when test you, the extremes. You test extremes, or you just say the first thing that comes to your head. Um, you know, it's hard. I don't think there's like one specific right or wrong answer. It really isn't. No. Um, but I think, you know, if people are in a this is like the free speech conversation which I feel like has been in the ether so much because of what's happened in Charlottesville and like neo-Nazis and whatever where people are saying like whoa my free speech and sure you can say whatever you want but still they have entirely redefined what freedom of speech means. (laughs) But people can still criticize it or have something to say about it and that also extends to jokes so I mean, that's not what we're talking about. Oh, I know. We're I'm not just... talking about, like, forgetting that free speech is a matter no, no, of government no. censorship. No, I, right. Not... I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I'm saying... people I, can I, literally say. Right. No, I'm not saying that. What I was... I was just bringing it up to say that there has been a lot of discussion around, like, what free speech means and, like, this idea that people are starting to say that criticism is a form of censorship, which it's not, and that... But I was saying that that free speech extends to comedy also, that people... That comedians can make terrible, shitty jokes... Mm. And people can laugh if they want, and some people can critique them and say, this is harmful, I don't like this. Right. Um, all out, I mean, all, like, yes. All, all protected by our freedom of speech. Right. Right. I was just trying to make it topical, you feel me? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, guess. I guess. I just hate, I just hate the fact that freedom of speech has come to mean... Oh, at I least hate it in too. The, at least in like the popular conversation now, nobody's considering what free speech actually oh, means. Oh, I get called a censor definition. every single day just because I block people on Twitter or I delete people's comments. They suddenly jump to you're censoring me. Honestly, it's embarrassing. Not only is it not only is it bad for our for our nation and the national dialogue. To it talk is embarrassing. About, it is actually embarrassing. Especially because there as are... an American, I am embarrassed to hear people talk about freedom of speech like. Every individual on the internet controls their freedom of speech. It's crazy. (laughs) Well, especially because there are actual places in the world where if you say something about a member of government or you say something that the leader doesn't like, they will come and take you in the middle of the night and kill you. Yes. Meanwhile, people are on Twitter and they're saying, you blocked me, my freedom of speech. Now I'm going to make a 45-minute video about how you (laughs) blocked me. Right. You know, and it's just Uh. really bizarre because people lack the self-awareness to understand that if you have a platform to still complain about your freedom of speech so and so. Right. You know, and even so if you don't have that platform, you're not. That's not part of what it means to oh, have your freedom of speech. How dare they, you yeah. know, delete my Twitter account because I harass women? My freedom it's, of speech. It's. it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. There are issues with that, but I don't know if if, if you go onto if you're speech. using a free platform like Twitter, like Facebook, like YouTube, 
And there are rules, there are terms of service for every single one of those sites, and I know people don't read them. Full disclosure, I ain't read that shit. I just clicked yes. Do you know the terms of service for uh, for Facebook reference longer agreements that if you were to read them all, actually sit down and read them, it would take you something like several months reading at a normal pace eight hours a day. I mean, I, I believe it. So it's it. literally impossible. The point is it's literally impossible to read all of the terms of service. And, you know what? and that's there's just a, reading it, and not there's even a case to be it. There's a case to be made for terms of service should be in plain English, and they should be easy enough for you to read them. Right. But on Twitter specifically, they do have a clearer portion of their terms of service that explain what it means to violate their rules around harassment, right. around uh, plagiarism or copyright issues, things like that, or types of content that's questionable, whether it be sexually explicit or super violent. And if you break those terms, you get like three or four times before mm-hmm. they actually suspend your account. And then you can appeal. And then if your appeal is denied, then you're done. You know, the rules are there, and if it, unless it's a paid service where you have some expectation that you're going to get something in return, part of me just thinks, well, you know, those are the breaks, right? I mean, you follow the rules. If you don't, if you don't follow them, then... It has nothing to do with uh, guaranteed freedom of speech. Right. So, yeah. So that, I mean, that's the end of story, like, bottom line. If you, if people have problems with how uh, social networks run their services, that's a completely different question. Mm-hmm. It's just it's disturbing that people are rallying under this cry of freedom of speech. Right. Uh, and this notion Especially when they say censored. things like, I should be able to promote Nazi propaganda and say that I hate yeah. the Jews. Meanwhile, they're out there doing exactly that's that. That's not freedom. And then claiming <laughs> that they're, they're, they're like losing some sort of freedom of speech because people don't like it. Right. And because people are calling them racists and bigots. It's nuts. I mean, it's really, it's really sad and disturbing. And it's a narrative that's been pushed and built and cultivated for for a number of years now and that's why i mean that's why we're seeing it we don't have to talk about that at length because i think we're getting a little off topic i know and now we're starting to get into like debbie down i know where are the jokes <laughs> as far as as far as that comedy show goes though it was it was really an awesome time it was a great show yeah thank all you so all, much to mike and brandon for having it was me. hilarious i know we took it and like ran on the on the more it's okay know, serious issues that come up in that setting but it was a great time and the audience loved it It was a packed house um and the uh hosts were hilarious and so were all of the panelists including uh miss ramsey herself thank you hubby <laughs> Uh, what next, love? Um, uh, let's do some goings on about Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, what the hell is going on in Brooklyn? Okay. This isn't technically in Brooklyn. It's really in Tribeca, but I thought it was interesting because it is a New York-themed story. Um, most recently, I think last week, there is a special pop-up restaurant uh, that was a Cheetos-themed restaurant. It was called the Spotted Cheetah, and the entire <laughs> it was like a three-day restaurant in New York where it's done. It's done. It was. Uh, just like, I know. Did I you want to go it? to it? 
Fuck yeah, I want to go to it. Really? Yes. Do you like Cheetos? How n- everybody loves Cheetos. Fan. I am not a Cheetos fan. Yeah, but it, they're like potato chips. It's like you eat one and you're like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. This isn't great. And then you, suddenly you need more of them. I don't know. I feel the same way about lobster rolls. I had my what? first lobster. Wait a second. How? I know the that's, fuck? that's pretty bougie. But how did you just? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's you're not like, Cheetos. I feel the same way about caviar. <laughs> you, you eat a little bit, you just have to keep eating it. Wait a second! You really did not. Case, you did not just compare <laughs> Cheetos to lobster. Rolls. In that sense, yes. Why? Because I don't know. I had a lobster roll for the first time, and you know these things are expensive because it's lobster meat, right? And you can't get them everywhere. And, and so you ate some, and, and like, you just wanted to keep like eating. Twenty-six or thirty bucks for what's basically a regular sandwich, but made of lobster, right? Mm-hmm. And I had it, and I was like, "Well, that wasn't really all that exciting or special." And then a few days later, I was craving it, and I, I needed another lobster roll. Baby, that is not a good analogy. That yeah. days later, that doesn't that's that not shows really, you the kind of hold that it gets on <laughs> you. That's not related to Cheetos. When you eat one Cheeto, right. you have to eat another well, the one. Effect is, uh, the effect is more instantaneous with Cheetos, baby. But you should go back to that writer's room and continue oh, you know, to workshop because don't that censor was a, me, woman. That was this is censorship. <laughs> my freedom of speech. <laughs> About okay. lobster rolls and Cheetos. Let me tell you about some of the things that they had at the Spotted Cheetah. It was in partnership with Cheetos. Apparently, they're really in need of new customers or something. I don't. I can't imagine that Cheetos is like our numbers are down. We got to open up a <laughs> Cheetos restaurant in New York to try and get some have buzz. Been, have there been like new competitors though for Cheetos? Someone else I making don't. like popular cheese puffs? I don't know. I mean, I feel driving like down sales. Maybe this has to do with um, he who shall not be named. Uh, being compared to Cheetos, and maybe this is like an effort to rebrand. Did you know that people are calling him Cheetolini? Not Cheetolini, but I've heard like Cheeto. Okay, so look, here are some of the things I picked. The things that I would think that you might eat. So, so tell- these are these. They just put up our producers just put up pictures of all the dishes at mm-hmm. this Cheetos restaurant. So uh, one of the things that they have, and this is actually one of the things that in that bottom corner is a Cheetos crusted fried pickles with creamy ranch. These descriptions are very clearly written by a marketing person at Cheetos or that thinks that they're really smart. It says, time to get your paws messy. These Cheetos <laughs> crusted fried pickles are meant for dunking in creamy homemade ranch. We condone the use of all hands and paws as utensils. Like, shut the fuck That's up. so lame. It's so oh bad. Okay, God. tell me if you would eat this, baby. Flamin' hot and white cheddar mac and cheese. White cheddar Cheetos, spicy jalapenos, bacon, Cheetos flaming hot chipotle ranch crust, all in one decadent dish. Need we say more? I Patrick, eat, what say you? I would I would eat that. Yeah, I totally eat that. <laughs> I mean <laughs> that's gonna be my answer for this pretty corner, much any this of this. This corner is called Would Patrick eat that? Oh yeah, yeah. The corner about, is called Yeah, I totally eat that. Yeah, I totally eat that. <laughs> flaming hot limon chicken tacos. Yeah, but those I saw the picture of the tacos. Those were just tacos with Cheetos on top, and that's yeah. That's lazy. Okay. Uh, and then for dessert, white cheddar no, Cheetos and Cheetos Sweetos. I didn't even know they had sweet Cheetos. This is uh, white cheddar Cheetos and cinnamon sugar Cheeto Sweetos yeah. on an apple cloud. <laughs> it's like biting into a cheesy apple cloud. No, what say you? I wouldn't eat that. No, that sounds like garbage. It's insulting. It's trying to take away my right to free speech. I feel like this is just begging for terrible indigestion. I feel like you were going to, like, have flaming hot shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
of you eat any of this stuff, right? That can't be good for your stomach. No, I can't imagine what you're like, how far over the recommended daily sodium intake you Oh, need. I was going to say daily Cheetos intake. I was like, I don't think that's on the food pyramid. <laughs> it's right at the bottom. Approximately. 40% of your calories should come from Cheetos. Well, What's going to happen when we bleep this out and we've said Cheetos like 50 times in oh, the last five minutes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I am not giving Cheetos this kind of action. Yeah, no, no, no. That's totally true. Um, They should absolutely pay us for all of this <laughs> yeah, promo. We keep saying that, we've but given... nobody ever pays no us for No one's this. ever paying us for anything. Uh, you know, I'm just going to wing it here. I'm really inspired by last night's comedy show. I'm just going to riff. <laughs> okay. going to riff a little bit. Okay. What kind of snack-inspired restaurant would you actually want to um, visit Patrick? I don't. I don't like. Sna- I don't like snacky, salty things. You don't? No. I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I've been on a diet for like a whole week now. Oh, look at you! So everything I'm, is everything has changed. <laughs> I'm a different man. Oh my god! I probably lost like half a pound. I know, but, but you wouldn't recognize baby, me, baby. You have spent all day talking about your singular ab and how much it hurts. <laughs> I have one ab that is so sore. <laughs> Because we worked out on we worked out on Friday. That, my abs are sore too. But Patrick has been talking about his like he's I a freaking I can't stand. Like he's can't a stand war vet or something. He's like I don't know what to do. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I'm like sir, you worked out one uh, day. I know, and I've been dizzy all week. I've been like feeling like I'm gonna pass out. Yesterday I went to Bikram Yoga where they put you in a hot steamy room and then you do yoga for 90 minutes. And I was there, and I, I swear to you, about half the class I just stood there. And then was like, if you can stay standing, bro, you can do this. Just stay standing. What kind of snack would you make a restaurant around? Mm. Um. Well, when we were in Tennessee, I had those fried Oreos, and they were so bomb. I feel like in a restaurant around Oreos would be really great. Talking about these fried Oreos, I'm <laughs> You're drooling. basically drool. I cannot even form complete sentences because those motherfuckers were so good. But, you know, you could crunch up the Oreos and um, sprinkle them on stuff. Like tacos? Mm, I don't know. No. They are they are chocolatey, so that makes it a little harder. But, yeah. you know, I love a sweet like and a meat. Oreo-crusted salmon, maybe? Ooh! No, don't. That don't. sounds That's terrible. disgusting. Yeah, that sounds really gross. <laughs> Not to mention the fact that it'll be like the salmon with like black on top of it, which I feel like would look like moldy or look like they dropped it in the dirt. Yeah. Um or like, oh yeah, remember when they used to make those um um worms in the dirt? You know? I made that when I was a kid. We had to bring in like snacks and I made those with the little gummy worms. Mm-hmm. And, and you it put was them inside dirt and it was had like a cream cheese yogurty thing. I just want to eat the dirt. I don't want to even eat the worms. No, you're not supposed to eat the worms. The worms are gummy worms. So yes yeah, but you, you just are. pick them out and throw them out. You like, are supposed to eat them. You're supposed mm-hmm. to eat all of it together. I want a store that's built around those, you know, those silver metallic balls that they put on cupcakes as toppings? And you're like, did you just throw some ball bearings on my cupcake? Are they edible? They are. They're the size of, like, little metal beads. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're rock hard. And every time I would bite into them, I would think, okay, this is not edible. And then they'd crack, and it would be, it's like really dense sugar with a metallic coating. Mm. And so I you had want no a restaurant idea. around that? Yes, because I think it'd be hilarious to have, like, a bowl of what appear to be ball bearings um, with some, like, I don't know, I don't know, fried topping on it. 
Okay. Like uh, ball bearings and gravy or something like that. I don't know how those became a thing as a topping for cupcakes. They will they will crack a tooth. Yeah, but that's not the point. The point is that for it to be sugary, but also be cool and pretty. And so... But it should also be nonviolent. <laughs> right? I mean, if you're going to feed this to children. I will say uh, Violent Cupcakes would be a great band name. Violent Cupcakes, So yeah. somebody should go ahead and do what they will with that. And what they will, or what they should do, is name their band that. Let's do a science corner. Science corner. Because I saw two things that were interesting, but mostly interesting because they were right next to each other. I was reading The Atlantic. <laughs> okay. And one headline said, cats are not medicine. And the next headline said, genetically engineering pigs to grow organs for people. Whoa. So one was like, cats are not medicine. But pigs are. Pigs are definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely medicine. Why did someone need the Atlantic to tell them that cats were not medicine? Uh, that's what I thought, too. I was like, they don't come in, like, prescription pill bottles. Like, <laughs> like no one's walking around being like, is that cat medicine? Um, no, it was actually, it, there, there was value to what they had to say. It was long thought that owning an animal improved health. Mm-hmm. But it turned out that the ability to own an animal means that you're healthy. improves health. Oh, you mean like being able to take care of one? Well, yes. Partly because... Being healthy enough to take care of an animal (laughs) means that you are healthy. Is that what I'm understanding? In a sense, yeah. Because people of of certain um, socioeconomic status are more likely to have animals. Absolutely. And they're also more likely to be healthy due to that socioeconomic status. How are you going to take care of a pet if you can't take care of yourself? I don't know. There are plenty of homeless people around New York that have dogs. Well, yeah, because for companionship, right? right? But I'm saying, I mean, a cat is a pretty low maintenance animal. Which also brings me to, I still really want that cat. <laughs> You're not getting the cat. So I was walking the dogs the other day, and this cat, I, and let me just put it out there. I am a firm dog person. I love my dogs. I like animals that, you know, are at your beck and call, that worship <laughs> you. That's what I like in a pet. You know what I mean? I don't <clears throat> need an animal that gives me attitude and shits in my house. Forget about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, But the other day when I was walking the dogs, there was this little black cat, and it was so talkative. It was just sitting there going, wah, 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 like that. Something was probably wrong with it. But <laughs> I was instantly drawn to it. I was like, an animal that's making a lot of noise at An me? animal with a head injury. <laughs> so, Please. But then the cat came up to me. It was not afraid of Phil or Kaya. And then it got up on its little hind legs and started doing like a little snake charmer dance. Like, trying to hypnotize you? Yeah, it was so cool. And then it let me pet him. And he was like making all these little noises. And then I said, do you want to walk with us? And he was like, and so I say, like, all right, come with us. And he followed us down the street as Kaya and Phil went to the bathroom. And then he walked back to the apartment with us. He was so cute. And then when I got home, Patrick said I couldn't keep him. I said, hey, baby, I saw a cat outside. He was so cute. Not keep, we're not getting a cat. I know, this but I liked him happening. so much. But that cat is playing you, Fran. Is he? Yes. Why? It's because you're that transparent. It was The cat knows better than you that all it has to do is give you a little bit of attention and then suddenly you want to take I care know. of I know. He was like, you're really funny and beautiful. And I was like, really? <laughs> exactly. He was so cute, though. I just don't understand why you won't let me have him. For a number of reasons. First, it would be Rudar dogs. No, they. He, they I think they liked him. I don't know about that. The cat was, was very nice to them. 
He didn't give them attitude. He acknowledged them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like he Second, wasn't... I don't want to take care of the cat. But that's what I mean. Cats take care of themselves. They don't take care of themselves. They do. All you have to do is like give them a little bit of food and they're fine. Third, I hate this cat. How do you hate <laughs> a cat that you haven't even met? Because I don't want cats who are doting on my wife while I'm not around. Oh, that's that's what up. this is about. <laughs> the cat was giving me yeah, things yeah. that I need. Yeah. And so that's why you want to keep him from me? Yeah, pretty much. You don't want to see me. You want to see me happy. You know what I mean. I don't want to see you with a cat. Oh, so you're jealous. I'm a little jealous. Mm -hmm. And there is there any other reason that you are keeping me from having, you know, love and affection in my life? Yeah, because this cat probably has like eight other families on the block. You know that's the case. These cats know what they're they're like con men. They're like running. (laughs) The same scheme over and over again. <laughs> it's common knowledge. Like this isn't like we're not. You know, I like the idea of the well cat known. going back to his house and having like a bulletin board with different targets. He's like writing in his little journal. <laughs> He's like, "All right, today I, I met Mark number four. <laughs> He's got like a picture of me. That's what you are to that cat. Is a mark. It, it was so funny that giving you a little bit of attention will just make you swoon. And you did. You I came know. in and you didn't tell me like the cat was great. You told me that the cat thought you were great. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time we started to get into any sort of like little argument, I was like, well, if you had just let me have that cat, maybe I wouldn't be so upset right now. And I don't even, honestly, I don't even like cats. And yeah. I hate it when I meet people who say, oh, my cat's great. It's just like a dog. Because I think, no, then get a dog. But I could see it. This is the first time that I really understood, oh, a cat that kind of behaves like a dog is great because you don't have to walk it. And then if you go out of town, for example, it's fine. It just takes care of itself. So you're not convinced that I can have him? You're not getting the cat. It's somebody, it's somebody else's cat. Well, he's not medicine. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not medicine. <laughs> if the cat was medicine, I would think about it. Um, so do you have anything to tell us about genetically engineered pigs growing organs for people? No, I mean, it's, they're just still making progress and growing organs inside of pigs for humans. Oh. Which is terrible. I think if you, it's not terrible, it's great. But I'm, I think that they should do it with pigs that are of manageable size, and there should be an agreement that if you get an organ from a pig, mm-hmm. you are obligated to care for and love that pig for the rest of its life. What? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Because they're being genetically engineered to be like to have organs I'm sure they specifically still... to harvest for your dumb ass. Wait, wait, why didn't... are you calling the person dumb if they need an organ? That doesn't I'm not mean saying, they're dumb. You know what I mean. I'm you know what I mean. No, I'm taking I'm not... you at your word. And <laughs> I'm words saying... mean things, Patrick. I'm saying you can't just dispose of pig. Pigs aren't disposable. They're edible, how do you know but they're that... not disposable. How do you know how do you know that once the organs are harvested, then that means that the pig is dead? Because sometimes people donate kidneys and stuff, you know, like that. Right. Then they can just keep that pig around and he can just be like That's an what organ I'm saying. factory. What happens to the... no, you can't just turn a pig into an organ factory. They have to be I don't. I don't think you. No. 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 Well, Listen. did you read the article? I did. Mm, Some did of you? It. Okay. Part of it. Well, because you I don't read. seem very confident. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. The I'm science just saying. corner is quickly. Go- you know, what would help bring this back on track. <laughs> no. A cat. If you get me a cat, if you okay. give me that cat, I don't want any other one. Right. I will let you win this argument. The choice is no, yours. No, I'm not doing it. You're not getting the cat, because right. then I have to take care of it, and I'm not well, doing it. Well, then I would like to say that I am firmly in support All I'm saying of genetically is if you engineering get, pigs if you get an organ to from grow a- organs, and Patrick is not, because he would rather you die. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for 
man. Florida man. If you are new to our podcast, Florida Man is a game where one of us brings four to five Florida man, Florida woman, Florida person headlines, and the other person has to guess which one is a fake headline. And we are not just crapping on Florida. We are actual POF, people of Florida, born and raised. (laughs) And this week, Patrick is going to um, handle Florida Man for us. Correct, babe? I am. I am. Actually, last week we were talking about keeping it light and uh, and you know using some headlines that were that were positive. Right. Uh, so I thought this week I would just I would do all positive Florida headlines. Mm, I'm ready. This is a nice change. How many headlines do we have? Well, I have four, but okay. I couldn't find any positive Florida headlines. Mm. So I'm back to square one. I'm just doing the regular Florida man. Okay. Well, um, hit me. I'm ready. So Florida man number one. Florida man arrested after surviving suicide pact with girlfriend. Mm, okay. Number two, Florida man arrested for snorting comet cleaning powder in public. Okay. Number three, Florida man points gun at self-defense teacher, tells him martial arts are crap. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And number four, Florida man fishes and catches a Florida woman. Mm, I'm going to say, these are are good headlines, babe. I'm going to say number three is the fake headline. Florida man points gun at self-defense teacher, tells him martial arts are crap? Yeah. Nope, that is real. Oh, and then I would say my second guess would be uh, number two, snorts the comet stuff. You don't get two guesses. Well, I'm just doing it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get two guesses. You don't get a cat. You don't get anything that (laughs) you want. Tell me what was the fake headline. It was the second one. Oh, damn. I almost picked that one. Yeah, yeah. The other ones are um, the one about (laughs) the guy pointing the gun at the self-defense teacher. That's really funny. um, And telling him martial arts are crap. That is such a Florida move. Floridians love guns. (laughs) They love guns. And, like, the superiority complex that comes with owning a gun results in things like pointing it at somebody. I just like the idea that he took the whole class, that he took this class, and yeah. then he was like, this is bullshit. He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do, do I shoot bullets now? Or do I get, <laughs> do I, do I, like, bullets come out of my eyes after I do these martial arts? No, okay, But I'm also, like, gun. what a waste of money. If you had a gun this whole time, then why were you going to this class? Yeah. I mean, he took a self-defense class only to then decide that his gun... Was a better <laughs> was form a of, better self-defense. Means of self-defense. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what a genuine Florida man. Our last segment, which is one that we are bringing back and has not been on the podcast for quite a long time, it's one that we all know and love. <laughs> that is the Slanguage Bee. Slanguage Bee. Here's the thing. We used to do this early in the podcast where every week I would bring a word for Patrick to try and um, explain. And I would just pick, you know, something that was slang or an Internet term. And it was super fun. And then after a while, we just ran out of things. And I also will acknowledge that I'm maybe not as hip as I exactly. would like to. Exactly. You realize that you just weren't that cool. Okay. Can you just let... admit it. Can you let... I was literally in the process of admitting it, you piece of shit. I was just saying, I'm not necessarily as hip as I thought I was. And after a while, I ran out of things. But sometimes I would say things on the podcast and you would know what I was talking about. And I would think, shit, I should have made that the language. But I just assumed that you knew. I mean, hell, you didn't fucking know who Selena was. Like, that could have been the language, B. And Selena you would... is not language. All right. This 
week's slanguage B phrase is milkshake duck. D-U-C-K? Yeah, duck. Like a duck. Mm. Milkshake duck. And it's not a noun. It's not like you're ducking milkshakes. Or I'm not, not a, I mean like a verb. A verb. No, it's a noun. I'm thinking like milkshake in, in like the context of the like milkshake bringing all the boys to the yard. Mm. So you've got like the milkshakes with like dancing mm. and, you know, and like stuff. I will admit this is a hard one. And then, and then ducks, they, they, they like, I don't know, they're kind of awkward. They waddle. Mm-hmm. They're not particularly graceful. Um, okay. So I think, spit it out. What do so you think I that think, means? I think a milkshake duck is somebody who's trying to like have the milkshake bring all the boys to the yard, but they just look stupid. Mm. They're just like a bad, bad dancer. They don't look, they're awkward. And they're just a milkshake duck. It's like a dud. No. You are wrong. No, that that was a really good. I, I'm going to give it to you. That was a really good guess. I reasoned through it, if nothing else, because this one is really nonsensical. Um, <laughs> okay, but that's why I liked okay. it because I thought it was really funny. Okay, so a milkshake duck is an internet slang term referring to a representation of a viral internet star who becomes famous for something wholesome before they're revealed to be a deeply flawed character with terrible opinions or a shady past, and it comes from. This really innocuous tweet from Pixelated Boat, like three years ago, where they said, The whole internet loves Milkshake Duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you, Milkshake Duck is a racist. So the the meme is that everyone loves this thing, and then it suddenly turns out that the thing the is, is the terrible. thing is bad. And so they it's just become a milkshake duck. So most recently, everyone gotcha. was excited about the guy who posted on Instagram about loving his curvy wife. And then that went super viral. And then it was revealed that like him and his wife were like giant racist. And they had been tweeting all of these terrible racist things. Or um, that guy, Ken Bone, asked a question during the presidential debate and everyone like loved him and they thought he was so cute and then they found that he was on Reddit saying like these really sexist, disgusting things. So I just think it's really funny Very that it's like, a duck e- drinking a milkshake. The duck is a race. <laughs> <laughs> the duck is a Nazi. If you look closely, he's got a little swastika pin on. <laughs> um, yeah, so anytime you like love something and then it's revealed and that the thing is actually bad uh, or has had, again, some shady past, which is inevitable. Like, again, no one is perfect, but the milkshake duck specifically has that really fast turn of everyone loving it and it being everywhere and going super viral. And then as quickly as we fall in love with it, we hate it. That's good to know. Actually, that's that was a good language. I love. That was a good I just think. B-word. I just love that it came from something so random, like just a tweet. And again, just like the phrase "milkshake duck" is just funny to me. Plus, you know, a, a duck drinking a milkshake is funny. <laughs> Plus, you get the added bonus of a of a Nazi neo Nazi duck <laughs> drinking a milkshake, <laughs> uh, which is novel. It's just very novel. You should have known when he was drinking fucking. White Dream was like the name of like the was the name of his ice cream. <laughs> what vanilla power? Yes, right. That that's was, what he was, was. That was he. That's what he was drinking. <laughs> Fucking 
fascist piece of shit. <laughs> All right, so um, that's it for this week's episode. If you would like to email us your dreams or your Florida Man headlines, as long as they're not too morbid and terrible, you can do that at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also tweet us using the hashtag last name basis, or you can tweet us individually at Chuskalee. A tie optional. And uh, hit us up. Let us know what's going on in the world. Yeah, and next week we'll get to some some dreams because we do have a lot of them. Oh, and I'm excited. Yeah. And they're and they're morbid. Oh, and they're twisted. Mm. And these people have have dark interiors. <laughs> I'd let me just put it that way. Okay, great. I I'm very excited and looking forward to it. Also, um, make sure to rate us on iTunes. And if you have a few extra minutes to leave us a review, we would be it would be much appreciated if I could. String a sentence together. (laughs) I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this was Last Name Basis from Brick Radio. Last Name Basis is hosted and produced by Francesca Ramsey and Patrick Condis. Our executive producer is Sasha Mathias, and our associate producer is Emily Bogosian. Our audio engineer is Onel Moulet. Our videographer is Curtis Boone. And our show is recorded at Brick House in downtown Brooklyn. For more information, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio. He want to swim on my lake. I'm like, okay. <laughs>